Come sit. Over here. Over here. Sit. Good boy. Good What's boy. going on, everybody? Oh, shit. There you go. Sorry, 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 sorry. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the video store for Late Feats, our official first 2020 episode. We're back, baby. <laughs> uh, where it's all movies in, no movies out. Of course, I am Justin, uh, here with Cam. The return. I'm back. Very elusive, (laughs) uh, Cam and Pat. Uh, Eric is, of course, a coward and is not going to be on this episode. He will be back next episode. Uh, It's so funny. We all live in the same area and we are literally (laughs) not doing this. Eric, I believe, is still at work in his defense. But it's... uh, Listen, if... we could either start the recording right now while we're all fresh or wait another hour for me to drive down there and then get set up. It sucks. Yeah, no, it's just not going to happen. And as uh, I'm saying all this, the non-LA listeners, traffic in LA is a myth, despite everything I've just said. It's not as bad as people make it sound. It's absolutely terrible. I drive from Long Beach to Santa Monica every day. <laughs> Long, absolutely Long, Long Beach is pretty far out there. Yeah, I go from Playa. I mean, I go from Torrance to Playa. So That's like 30 minutes. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not that bad. That is literally nothing. I know a lot of people gasped at that uh, at that that commute. But hey, it's real. It's life. It's what happens. Uh, I think what's hilarious is that we already broke our promise, Pat, that we did in our last episode. And I, think I know. I gonna, know. You got to give us a little bit of a. <laughs> you got to give us a little bit of a a, a a reprieve here. I know we were supposed to have our preview episode. A lot of stuff has been happening, of course, with life. But you will get a preview uh, pre-episode next week before we do uh, our next episode, which we'll announce a little bit later in the show. But this is the first show of our of our switched format, uh, so we're going to be doing it that way. And of course, our topic this this week or this month is. The Hannibal series. Now, Pat, why did you want to do Hannibal? Uh, mostly because I wanted to talk about the movie. Uh, well, mostly because I, I love Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I think the Hopkins Hannibal is probably one of the best uh, characters in movie history. And then yeah. I just thought since we did a, a, not a serious, but a very on-theme uh, Valentine's Day episode last year, that yeah. this year we could do a Valentine's Day episode that was a little bit twisted, a little bit <laughs> gross, but it is. I, I honestly think yes, and uh, the the romance between Clarice and Hannibal in Silence of the Lambs, I think, actually is like a, a genuinely sweet romance. Yeah, if you if you call it that, yes, yeah, uh, yes, yes, if, yes, if, for, for, for uh, you, you, you know. <laughs> We'll get there. You know, am I the only person who, after watching the Hannibal films, like anytime I see Anthony Hopkins in anything, he's just Hannibal Lecter to me. It's like, it does not matter yeah. what other movie I see him in. Like, this is Anthony Hopkins. Wasn't he in uh, Mission Impossible 2? I believe so. He was, was in. That? No, isn't it? I isn't it Martin Sheen? No, I think it's. Let I, me see. Let me see. No, that was part one. Okay. Yeah. 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 I bet he's definitely in one of them. Anthony in Mission Impossible too. Yeah, he's in Mission Impossible. Yeah. Well, even weird. in like he's done a lot of weird stuff. Uh, the two he he does a, he does a shitload of movies, even though he like has a pretty prestigious reputation. He's he's got some clunkers, 
Uh, but yeah, he says no, no to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. But people did like him a lot in uh, the two popes. But even in that, I'm like, but it's Hannibal. Like it's uh, he does seem he does post online all the time with like farm animals and stuff. Uh, so I think he is just like a sweet old man. But you know, on brand, completely on brand. Uh, before we get into the the uh, the deep dive of this of course with our new format of course the first half of the episode where we would usually try and squeeze all these movies in uh we are gonna we completely askew that we're gonna do more of a background into these movies this time but before we do that i want to ask you guys what you're watching on this episode's edition of on the shelf pat i want you to start off with what you've been watching uh unfortunately the only thing i've watched that i hadn't seen recently was uh or that, that I hadn't seen recently that I hadn't seen ever was Hannibal Rising. Uh and how unfortunate we'll get, I know we'll get there later. Uh it was uh I don't know I'd say among the worst movies we've ever watched for the show. But really <laughs> we saw Dragon Ball Evolution. I would say well, with 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 Evolution uh and the AVP movies and uh I don't know. There's got to be something else j- that are just like close to. We're, we're getting close uh, to one see, star. We saw, of, we saw Seed of Chucky too. Seed of Chucky is a rough one, but at least like you can watch it and it has like a holy shit factor. Uh, and I think kind of Hannibal the the in this series the the movie Hannibal kind of has that same thing. Uh, whereas Hannibal Rising is just more or less like a really badly made movie. All right, okay, we're not going to spoil that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, me, and Cam, me and Cam did see Birds of Prey last week. Really fucking good, in my opinion. Uh, I know that uh, X and Van, they talk about it on the latest episode of The Black Variant. Uh, I guess just to get our thoughts out about it, I thought that it was a good movie. I mm-hmm. thought that it was it was really well done. I think the first half, the first act kind of was a little shaky to me, and I was like, okay, where are we going here uh, with this movie? But I think it, it kind of brought itself back around uh, toward the second and third half where it really it breezes right past it's a really short movie it's yeah. not very long at all it's about an hour 30 um and i and i, wow, I think gotta what, see it oh yeah no movie should be what, what does eric say no movie should be longer than 90 minutes yeah which i mean 90 minutes is short this movie's like a tight 101 like 102 i think I'm that's just, it's that's my movie. sweet spot hour 49 yeah, you're not- exactly right yeah it's not it's not very long, uh, not very long at all. I, I think the performances are really great, and I think that's the understated part of it. Like uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead does a great job. She it's, was great. It's really funny. Like oh, and she's back we, with you, and I didn't even realize that because of uh, the the Fargo reunion. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ewan McGregor also also excellent in the movie yeah. too. Uh, Cam, what were your initial thoughts on the movie? I was I went into the film with no real expectations for it because. Like we've talked about this already, the marketing for it was really like odd. So I went into it with no real expectations. And I'm gonna be honest with you, from beginning to end, I was entertained. I laughed a lot. I thought the action was really well. It was violent. It was, it's a brutal movie. It's a very movie violent too. movie. And I thought it but I was I enjoyed it. Like for for a superhero movie. Especially one that's like not like Batman, Superman. Like I feel like they have more freedom with this type of film than you have with something along those lines. It got the R rating and everything. Yeah, I thought it was pretty is, good. How I, is the R? I have. I, I, 
Uh, oh, very, very hard. Yeah, it's R. a hard R. Uh, I'm talking. We're talking bones breaking. Uh, faces getting cut off. Faces getting cut off. <laughs> nice. I just see just, a, just like Hannibal. Yeah. Yes. There, but, is there? I don't know if there's a beheading. There bodies explode. Um, yes. There's a lot of everything except nudity is in this film, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, which, you know, you got to understand that's, that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I really like man, a lot of the supporting I, I cast for this movie too. Uh, I love Chris Messina, uh, Francis Chow. I really like. Yeah, this is. I yeah, gotta see. Um, Journey Smollett was really good in it. Um, I thought I thought Rosie Perez was good as Detective Montoya. Yeah. I thought Rosie Perez was pretty was pretty good. And she gets fight scenes. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Like, okay, so Mon- Montoya's like in the movies now. Finally, yeah, yeah. she's in the. Okay. Well, here's my here's my question. At this point, is like, how do these movies? And we, we asked this question when me and Kim, you know, went to go see it. How does this movie tie into the larger scheme of things now? Because now you have a universe where there's no Batman and Superman, and all you have is Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn, and no Joker either. So I don't really know yeah. where they're going to go. And then, part. actually, Justin, I was going to say to you, because I'm looking uh, at who Chris Messina plays, I, I hope it's this. Is this a spoiler? Uh, I'll block it, I guess, if it is, that he's he's Zaz? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. He's, okay. he's, uh, he's so- like. Uh, he's, He's Sion, he's Roman uh, Sionis' uh, right hand man in this movie. It's but crazy. I, I just got done reading Nightfall. Yeah. Okay. And, like, yeah. Seeing like Montoya, Zaz, yeah. and all of them in this like yeah. actual film. It's like that's it. Like, I just got done reading about reading the Justin. Novel. Justin, isn't Zaz though who you and I speculated uh, Skarsgård would be playing in yeah. ba- in the Batman? Yeah, but, but he's allegedly not playing anybody that we would know, I think. I think he's playing somebody completely original for the movie. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we, I, I don't know. At this point, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in how WB slash DC, they carry this out. I would say as far as the, you know, we talked about the <clears throat> the promotion of the movie. Of co- Okay, yeah, you could say the name was a, is a bit of a misnomer. Like, we, we're not really sure what a Birds of Prey is, but... It's clear that Harley's all over the marketing. I don't really blame it on the on the name of the movie. I, I think yeah. a lot of people freak out about it, about the name of it. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it's R-rated. Yeah. It released on a really, to me, weird weekend. Um, they should have released it over Valentine's Day, honestly. Yeah, because I, I, the thing is, it's like they could have had, they, if they would have re- announced it from that point. Remember, Sonic wasn't supposed to come out on Valentine's Day weekend, I think. It had to get pushed back from November or something, right? Yeah. So that would have... Yeah possibly push Sonic back more, which would have meant that Birds of Prey would have went relatively unopposed that weekend with everything else going on. And you would have been able to do a lot bigger of a number with that. I just think that the the, the main issue is that like, you know, it's it's just very, very it's a tough sell for a rated R movie with a bunch of people that no one knows, uh, and just one central person. Like I I as bad as it sounds, like in in the movie, you know, don't get me wrong, the movie is great it probably, I feel like it needed someone to show up or something in the movie, just at least for the for the people who saw the, the trailers to be like, okay, I got to go see this Aquaman's going to be in it for two seconds. Yeah. Or, and it might be an Aquaman too. Like there's no connective tissue to anything else. And that might be another reason why a lot of people were just like, because I mean, honestly, the, the trailers weren't that good. Yeah. I mean, I was curious about it because I knew the source material more than anything. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and it was uh, it was definitely a 
a, a case of just not really being familiar. And I think familiarity is a, a big thing here. And, yeah. and I hope it doesn't ruin <laughs> the potential of a sequel. I don't think it will, honestly. I think they'll just do something completely different next time. Um, but Cam, is there anything else you were you were watching? Uh, I watched the recent Terminator film, Dark Fate. I oh, finally man. got a chance to see it. I enjoyed that. I liked it. I liked it a lot, especially considering the last couple, I would say definitely missed the <laughs> mark for me. Um, <laughs> I think that this one was pretty enjoyable. It's a, it's, it has everything I look for in an action film. And I thought the story made sense. I didn't think the story was was all over the place or too far-fetched or just bad or poorly. I thought this was a pretty solid film. And How'd you feel about the uh, the de aging? The de aging Arnold and, and uh, I don't think Arnold looked bad in this film. He did with you. I don't think he did. I don't think he looked bad at all. And so, and it was cool to see Arnold show back up and like yeah. be like the. I don't. I guess you have to say like the good guy. Like yeah. Sarah Connor is like she wants to kill him and she sees him, of course, for for obvious reasons. Once you see the film, but like he, their relationship through the movie, her having to trust him. Like, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It is funny because in Terminator Genesis, the same thing has to happen in that movie. Yeah. But they just completely wrote that movie off and redid it again. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So this was a, so yeah, I enjoyed this. I started watching the show You. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, like. Pat, have you seen You? Uh, I saw, I, I saw, I've seen plenty of it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I've seen it. I have seen it. Yes. I haven't watched it, you know. <laughs> I've seen episodes. I haven't sat down to watch. You looked at it. You you know, I I, yeah, I also I I was present while episodes were on. The best thing I've seen in probably the last two months is the Netflix documentary "Don't Fuck with Cats." I really enjoyed that a lot. That is, I really enjoyed it. It creeped me out, made me uncomfortable. I watched it while I was at home for the holidays, and I really, I, I made the mistake of watching this at like. 1 30 in the morning in the basement by myself <laughs> like at my parents crib when i went home for holidays yeah. like we have this living room area down in our like basement but it's huge windows open <laughs> and it's like only trees around our house and everything this so like first, also is this the first cam age alert this year or this decade we yeah. haven't got a cam age alert yet we'll get one in this episode okay we'll definitely get but yeah this is a so don't fuck with cats very unsettling three episode documentary on Netflix, but well worth the watch. Very entertaining. Very like disturbing. Disturbing. Yeah. Especially just, if you've it's... never heard of this story, which I, I had not. I went into this thinking that it was actually about cats. <laughs> and that is the the smallest part of this story. Definitely. So I definitely recommend watching that if, if anybody is interested in looking at a new documentary. It's something that's quick, easily digestible. Three episodes. Three episodes, yeah. all about an hour and five minutes each. I, I after uh, Justin's review, I didn't think I could watch it. Oh yeah, you have a cat. I forgot. You, yeah, you don't a cat. yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I could watch the. If I could see like a version where they edited Get out the first the, uh, twenty-five minutes. No, I mean it goes in the episode two. It does it. He, oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. The cats do go in episode two. Yeah, he, right. keeps, he keeps going. Yeah, he keeps, <laughs> like, yeah. It's a little rough. It's a little yeah. Rough. I I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I could do it. So I I you know let's just say that uh, in the next month or two it probably won't be on my uh my watch list <laughs> maybe maybe in a little maybe a little further down the line yeah okay so the Hannibal series of movies uh they're a series of novels 
of course, yeah. uh, written by Thomas Harris, uh, the first of which came out in uh, 1981. That was Red Dragon, uh, which was kind of loosely uh, made into a movie five years after uh, with the 1980s or 1986 movie Manhunter. Uh, and it was, a, I don't know if you guys got around to watching Manhunter. Pat, did you get around to watching that? I started it, uh, as you said earlier, uh, life events kind of, uh, threw me for a loop on that one. But, uh, yeah. I, I think that, uh, Manhunter is going to be good, especially because we kind of want to talk about, uh, Anthony Hopkins mostly in this episode, I think that, yeah. uh, so I, I think I wanna, I, we might want to stay away from this one. Yeah. And I, I think especially because we have been. Uh, one of the top five episodes we always talk about doing is Michael Mann. And yes. I think that Manhunter will be better served in the Michael Mann episode. And at that point, we can also talk about it compared to these movies, which we will have already discussed on the show. Absolutely. So uh, the Silence of the Lambs came out in 1988, a year after I was born. You guys are way younger than me. Uh, a year before <laughs> I was born. Uh, so th this movie was, or not this movie, this, this novel was a, a huge success. I mean, it, it, it sold hundreds and thousands of copies. However, it got a lot of flack at the time and rightfully so. The movie also did get flack from transgender activists as well as, as a lot of other people within the LGBT community, which again, at that time is not, you know, wasn't as pronounced as big as it is today course, for yeah. the portrayal of Buffalo Bill. Um, there were a lot of protests against the film version, which we'll be talking about after the break of Silence of the Lambs. Um, how do you kind of feel like the, and I think a lot of people felt as though that Harris was making a, a transsexualism out to be like a psychosis, like something that makes you a bad person. Yes, I think, and I, I watched the movie probably this time last year for the first time in what was a long time. And I was worried going into it that, you know, something that I had grown up loving, uh, I was really going to feel gross about after I watched it. And I do think that obviously there are, it does feel weird and, and problematic now, especially, but I, we talk about like the uh, intent behind something now, and I don't think it feels malicious and it isn't necessarily uh, dehumanizing as much as it is just like, kind of a big misfire a little bit and Harris I, feel is, like he, I feel like i feel like harris wrote this in to be edgy because well, it's so tone deaf that it could be nothing more than him being trying to be edgy. yeah I, yeah i think that's it it's more tone deaf than anything and i think yeah. later he said that even though it is a uh you even if you are able to hand wave the tone deafness and the just kind of datedness of the portrayal of a tra transgender character. The real problem is that there were no transgender people being represented in film whatsoever. And the first time right. one is represented, it's a He's fucking a crazy psycho. Person. And that, uh, you know, that is a totally valid criticism. Uh, but I do think that in terms of being malicious towards a group of people, the movie itself is more tone deaf than anything else. Absolutely. So uh, there was a huge, 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 as I just said, uh, protest for Silence of the Lambs, which came out in 1991. Now, this is one of the most sought after scripts. Like if you if you notice, like this movie came out two and a half years after the, the novel came out. It was that big of a hit. How many 
movies do I I can't think of many movies today that get flipped from a book this quick. That fast? Yeah. Other the, than like Harry Potter. I was gonna say Harry Potter is probably the only and maybe the Twilight series. That that too. That that was those are probably the two that come to mind immediately. And then I, I bet if we looked Yeah, that too. So I, those three, those are three. I, I know we it's obviously like more common for these these franchises and stuff. I bet if we looked, there's a few like isn't the Goldfinch wasn't that a best selling book like two years ago or some shit? Yeah. I like there's yeah. a lot of things like those I think, but nothing like nothing like this. The only thing I can think of around the time is uh, Jurassic Park got optioned before its publishing date. Yeah, yeah, before the book was even out to us, like ultimate snatched. stunt. <laughs> when did Gone Girl the novel come out? Gone Girl came out, I think, quite some time before the movie came the out. The movie right? came out in 2014. Novel was 2012. Yeah, yeah about two years. So that's fair. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I think at the time is probably yeah, it, it might have been normal. Yeah, probably was super quick. Um, Orion Pictures partnered with Gene Hackman to bring this movie. Uh, to bring this this book to life, and Hackman, Gene Hackman was set to direct this movie and as well as play the role of uh, of Crawford in the movie as well. Did you know that, Pat? Uh, I did not, and I could kind of see him as Crawford, but it would make the movie like goofier. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so there there was a there was a little bit of a snag that they hit because the uh, with the rights of the novel, the producers had to acquire the name of Hannibal Lecter. From Dino De Laurentiis, who I don't know if you know this, he's like one of the like a huge Italian film producer. He's produced like thousands of films, including things like uh, he did Halloween Three, uh, Season of the Witch. Um, I believe he did the the He Man movie, Masters of the Universe, as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't Masters. It was something else. It was something. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Masters of the Universe. It was some. Big buff guy movie. He did. He did. I'm Rear Darkness. I know that. That and Evil Dead too. He produced okay. those as well. Uh, All right. Let's see. I've got him up here. He yeah. He did a lot. He's he's he did uh. See in the he did uh Army Darkness, Body of Evidence, Breakdown. He, he did Bound. Shout out to the Wachowskis. Yeah. Justin, he did one of your favorites. Uh. U571, that submarine movie from 2000. Oh, yeah, definitely definitely a, uh, one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. Uh, but yeah, as, as you can see, like he's oh, it was Red Sonia, was what I was thinking. Was the, uh, and was Conan, yeah, and Conan, yes, there we go. That was what he did. And so it, it, it eventually uh, made it onto the, the lap of Ted Talley, who wrote the adaptation of this. Uh, he wanted to essentially. Uh, make the movie out of the directly from the book, so he got the advanced copy from uh, from Thomas Harris himself. Uh, when he when he got through the first draft, Gene Hackman withdrew from the project and the financing <laughs> fell through. Pat, how how soul crushing is it for something like that to happen? You 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 write a lot of things, or you're you're privy to a lot of people who write movies and whatnot. How how soul crushing is that? I mean, you would imagine that most people involved probably at this point thought that. Uh, Gene Hackman was probably Gene Hackman's involvement was the only reason that it was moving forward, especially because Manhunter wasn't some international success. And uh, I have heard uh, I'm hesitant to spread industry rumors around on this uh, podcast, but I have heard for years and years that on the set of uh, Royal Tenenbaums, when uh, 
uh, whenever uh, they were filming with Gene Hackman, he's such a he has such an ego that the only way that Wes Anderson could really get him to behave on set <laughs> was uh, Bill Murray, who has a significantly smaller role in the movie and no real reason to be on set most of the time. He would just have Bill Murray come and hang out on set because if Bill Murray was there, Gene Hackman would behave himself. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I don't know that he's especially easy to work with. So Sons of the Lambs uh, eventually uh, does come out. Of course it does. It's not all bad. Uh, they, they basically assured that they were going to get the, the financing back. Tally uh, continue writing it. And of course they got Jonathan Demi to come in and helm the project and, you know, right, not long after that, uh, Demi signed on after reading the novel. And, I mean, the rest is history. Uh, it, Jodie Foster was uh, cast not too long after that. Uh, however, the director, of course, Jonathan Demi, did, was not sure that she was right for the part. He wanted to have Michelle Pfeiffer in the role of Clarice Starling. And now we already, we already know that Jodie Foster is not the only Clarice uh within this film franchise that we're going to talk about but she took but michelle pfeiffer turned it down because she didn't want to she didn't want to get involved with the subject matter uh as well as meg ryan and laura dern who you know the studio just didn't have any faith in i think dern was in a bit of a i think she oh no no this was before then i think she had a little bit of a rough patch in hollywood after when Ellen came out on her show, yeah, yeah, I think Laura yeah. Dern portrayed her girlfriend in that episode. I had just heard this. And then Laura, heard, Laura Dern had a hard time getting work for a while after that, as Ellen did, obviously. But that's so, I mean, Jodie Foster is the reason the movie's great. <laughs> and uh, for the role of Hannibal, I think we're burying the lead here because he's the yeah. only person that uh, at least is consistent throughout one of these movies. Um, they had originally wanted Hannibal to be Sean Connery, and, wow. he, and he turned it down. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> and then Anthony Hopkins was offered the role based on his his performance on The Elephant Man, uh, as well as other people that were considered was Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Derek Jacoby. And Daniel Day Lewis. Did you say Al Pacino? Yes, both of them. They were <laughs> in every one of the movies. I can only imagine how bad Pacino would have been in this. Exactly. He would have been terrible. She's got a big ass. <laughs> uh, so you know that that is just on the Silence of the Lambs part, and we'll of course be talking about all these movies. I think the the big takeaway of this franchise is just. The I guess the the lasting influence of uh, of Anthony Hopkins throughout all of this and the, the multiple directors of these movies. I mean, you've got uh, Jonathan Demme for Silence of the Lambs. You've got freaking Ridley Scott for Hannibal, yeah. which Crazy. is again insane to think about. Then with Red Dragon, uh, you you have uh, Brett Ratner, <laughs> and we'll talk about we'll talk Ratner. about that when it gets there. <laughs> <laughs> and then for for uh for Hannibal Rising, which just seems like it was bred out of pure panic and fear, from what I'm from what I'm reading, uh, which I'm was gonna, directed. I've got to go Hannibal. off on Hannibal Rising. You can feel the of the eeriness just wafting off of the movie. Well, Hannibal Rising 
was made literally off of off of the uh, according to you know Dino De Laurentiis, uh he wanted he kind of coerced Thomas Harris into writing it because he was at threat of losing the actual name of Hannibal Lecter because of the you know there it was under the uh, the impression that you know after Hannibal came out it kind of lost a lot of its stake and yeah you know, the actual character wasn't worth much anymore. And it's it, they did it's five years between Hannibal was 01 and Red Dragon was 02 and then Rising was 07. So you can just yes. feel the their grip like slipping on this. Like, even though Ratner is obviously no Jonathan or Ridley, uh, he's still like, especially at the time, was not. You know, Ratner. If Ratner had done Hannibal Rising, it would probably be a significantly better movie. That's not really. I'm, that's not really praise for Ratner as much as it's just that's how bad of a movie Hannibal Rising is. But between like the European funding, the the clearly lower budget, the HBO <laughs> actor being one of the main characters in the movie, you can just feel all the ways this movie is failing to be any of the other movies in its franchise. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm, and let's, I mean, let's not waste any more time. Well, after this break, after the break, we're going to actually talk about each and every one of these movies and we're going to do it on the speed run format. We're going to spend five minutes per movie talking about how we felt about each and every movie that we've watched okay. in the Hannibal franchise. <laughs> so uh, just before we go to the quarter break, I saw Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I saw Manhunter. I saw Silence of the Lambs. I saw Hannibal. I saw all of the movies. How much did you see, Pat? I have seen, I just haven't seen Manhunter, but I okay, will have seen so it for the Michael Mann episode. Okay. And Cam, you've seen everything but Manhunter. I've seen Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon, Hannibal Rising. Okay. Wow. So you've managed to skip literally the worst one. So that's perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> after the break, we're gonna we're gonna get some Chianti. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna chew on that. And we're going to be right back with our overall thoughts on the Hannibal franchise. Be right back on Late Feast. Good morning. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I speak with you? You're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you? I am, yes. May I see your credentials? Certainly. Closer, please. Closer. That expires in one week. You're not real FBI, are you? I'm still in training at the Academy. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me. Yes, I'm a student. I'm here to learn from you. Maybe you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that. Mm -hmm. That is rather slippery of you, Agent Starling. Sit, please. Now then, tell me, what 
did Miggs say to you? Multiple Miggs in the next cell. He hissed at you. What did he say? He said, I can smell your cunt. I see. I myself cannot. You use Evian skin cream. And sometimes you wear lead at all. But not today. All right, everybody. We are back on Late Fees, the Hannibal Lecter episode. I don't really know what we're going to name this one. Oh, we're going to name what it you... Eat Your Heart Out. Oh, my God. How did you do that? <laughs> I, I, thought, I, you thought do that? It, I thought of it. I don't know. I, I was going to say today, but I think I actually thought of it a couple days ago. Okay. So, of course. Well, come on. It's the name of the live feed. Check it out. It's The duck is saying it. Oh, God. We're on a stream yard today. We're not all in the same. Uh, we're not all in the same room. Of course, maybe next time you'll get us all and all of the power and sexuality will raise when all of us are in the same room at the oh, same it, time again. It's, except for, it's happening. Except for Eric. Um, so, of course, we're running a brand new format on the show uh, where we are going to have a little bit of fun with these binge episodes. I think that before, like we said in the last episode, we tend to kind of gotten get into a routine where we don't really you know, we, we get kind of comfortable and we want to shake everything up. So what we're going to do, I'm going to put five minutes on this timer and we're going to talk about every single movie and we're going to say how we feel about it within that five minutes. And then we're going to give the movie a grade between the three of us. And that will be whether we, you know, we're, we're going to do away with keeping it in the video store. We're going to give it a grade out of your own grade. So it could be like one out of one billion uh, yeah, Points. I'm excited to change my system arbitrarily and without warning based on the movie. <laughs> so we're going to start right now uh, with Silence of the Lambs from 1991. I'm going to point it to Cam, your thoughts on Silence of the Lambs, starting now. Um, Silence of the Lambs is honestly probably one of my favorite movies. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed this. I think the first time I saw it, I was... Was not super young. Oh, oh I was like check. I was like fifteen. So the first time okay, I saw it, I was like fifteen. That's a, that's a normal Silence of the Lambs age. And I saw this. This wasn't the first Hannibal movie that I saw, but I saw this when I was like fifteen years old. Um, really, really like creeped me out. It was on I think like Cinemax one night or HBO. <laughs> I was that out to didn't Cinemax. have anything. Else. And like I was watching it late at night, and it's just really, really unsettling. It was unsettling for me, anyways. And so I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I really enjoy Silence of the Lambs. Um, I think what really gets me the most about Silence of the Lambs is just how watching it now it feels like a TV movie, just the way that it's shot. Yeah, it looks like it was on CBS. It could have been so nineties. It's super nineties. You can tell it is, but I, I it, it kind of delves and dabbles into kind of like the world of like a trainee and all of this, right? Like we've never really seen anything from, from that side. Yeah. And I think Clarice being this naive, uh, you know, well-to-do person who kind of gets sucked into this even darker world by Lecter and Buffalo Bill is actually kind of crazy. Yeah. And you I, honestly, even the good guys in her life, I, I think and hope, honestly, I'm quoting my own letterbox review here, but I'm like, even uh, the captain uh, or the lieutenant, whatever he is, her boss, Crawford. E. Crawford, Jack yeah, Crawford. Crawford, and uh, 
He and, deserves bait. Yeah, and Chil- and Chilton, they like all every guy in her life. Hannibal is actually the one who is the most decent to her. All the other guys are yeah. gross. Absolutely, and I, I mean this this kind of builds the relationship between Clarice and Hannibal. And I guess we we can't we'd be remiss not to talk about Hannibal here. Yeah, he's actually kind of. On the outskirts of the story, yeah, he's, he's like a secondary really, character. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. It's not all at all. That's what allows him to dominate the story and like really be this like looming presence over it. Uh, absolutely. So the Academy Awards record, it it, be, it literally crushed the record at this point uh, for the Academy Awards. It won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress. Best adapted screenplay from uh, that that guy Ted Talley that we just come talked about on, the come on, get out of here! All deserved, he, all deserved. And Anthony Hopkins was only on screen in this movie for sixteen minutes. He is gone after the second <laughs> act. He is literally gone after the second act. You don't see him again. And I, I, I we were missed to not talk about the most frightening scene, probably any any movie ever. Hannibal's escape from that from that jail cell. Yes. It's so good, and you know what? It, the scene itself, especially when he is doing the slow-mo uh, with the nightstick or whatever those things are called, uh, with the opera music, I mean, it's it's kind of awesome, even though it's so terrifying. But it's a great, the whole sequence, like from when they realize he's gone to getting in the elevator to the other body being there, the whole movie is filled with these amazing sequences. And it's like, oh, I think I said this about Once Upon a Time and Uncut Gems, where every scene in the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Like, it's just, every, it's back to back, back to back. No bad scenes. It's awesome. And then that, the Absolutely. fucking climax, the, 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 the doorbell switcheroo, the first time I yes. saw it. Oh, come on. I, I loved it. I, I it think about works. it. I still get jacked up on it. It still works. Okay, we got one more minute here. Uh, Pat, what is your rating of Silence of the Lambs? Uh, It's an A. I mean, it's an A in a way that I wouldn't even normally give. I am usually a little more conservative than that, but I the movie's thirty years old. I know it has some problematic elements to it, but as a as a piece of filmmaking, it is immaculate. I'm giving it five blue buckets tied to a string out of five. <laughs> uh, what are you rating? What are you rating again? My members and agree with Pat. It's an A for me. I I don't have many complaints about the film as a overall. So I love it. So I, I can I can come I can watch this movie anytime it's on TV. Absolutely. And I I said to Justin uh, before we recorded two of the best uses of songs in a movie ever between Goodbye Horses and American Girl. And right before, uh, right at the 15 second mark, I'm just going to w- run the time out here by uh, saying what Jonathan Dem, his quote on Buffalo Bill's character, he says, Buffalo Bill wasn't a gay character. He was a tormented man who hated himself and wished he was a woman because that would have made him as far away from himself as he could possibly be. Right. Uh, <laughs> next little, movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it at that. So uh, the 90s are my favorite decade. <laughs> 2001's Hannibal of course Cam wasn't able to see this one that's completely okay uh, me and Pat got you here let's start talking about Hannibal which is from 2001 now okay this movie is terrible okay it's like really bad. This it's is very really bad 
this is a movie made on the $87, $87 million budget. I don't know how. Maybe because of all the sets they use on this movie. You know how crazy this movie is, uh, Pat? Gary Oldman chose not to be billed in this movie at all. Is that true? Did you know that? Yes. No, what, he was, I mean, he, and he's he was only revealed to be in the movie. He was only revealed to be Mason Verger. He plays Mason Verger in the movie, a ridiculous character who looks absolutely ghoulish. It's it's absolutely insane the way he looks. And I said earlier today that he looks like there's one orc in the third Lord of the Rings movie who basically is like <laughs> a, a pig. And that's I know pigs are a thematic element in Hannibal otherwise, but separate of that. Uh, Verger looks like a fucking pig man. It's insane. Uh, of course, Clarice Starling is replaced. Uh, they replaced uh, Jodie Foster, rather, with Julianne Moore as Clarice. And I don't think you could have found a worse person to step into this role because she is absolutely lifeless here. I was going to say, you. I don't think her performance is good. I think in terms of replacement actresses, they could have done worse, but it doesn't really matter because they should have just <clears throat> rewritten it. Like, they should have... I don't know. They should have just made it somebody else or something because not getting it, it wasn't just getting him wasn't enough. Obviously, the movie yeah. fucking sucks. They should have gotten both of them. I think this also makes the case for really Scott not maybe not being as fire as everyone oh, says he is. Maybe he's made. Uh, I mean, he's made like four movies about Robin Hood that no one has seen. Uh, yeah, and, and here, even, even here in Hannibal, he's coming off Gladiator. Then he makes Hannibal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think Gladiator is that good. <laughs> I think it's pretty good, but and, like, it's okay. not amazing. No, not, hey, 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 hey! <laughs> like, this, this is going to be a section that's going to be highly debated when this episode comes out. <laughs> so, so really quick, really quick here, the plot of this movie. Uh, very troubling here. Uh, of course, at the last movie, Hannibal uh, did escape, and they're trying to track him down. So in order to uh, find Hannibal, a wealthy child molester named Mason Verger, uh, basically who, who was disfigured by Hannibal a long time ago, basically makes an elaborate scheme to bring him out of hiding and uses Clarice once again as bait to bring him out of hiding. Um, Ray Liotta's in this, and you see his brain. Yeah, this, I mean, if there, <laughs> one, if, if there is, there's two scenes, obviously, in the movie, and one of them is the Ray Liotta getting the top of his head cut off like he is uh, fucking Oren Ishii, and then <laughs> Lecter, like, poking at it. But, it, geez, Louise, this is a bad movie, but these two it's scenes are so crazy. Like, the, the brain scene and the, the pig scene later, are so insane to me yeah. that it makes Hannibal better the, than Hannibal Rising. The way that the that uh, Mason dies in this movie, uh, the way that everything kind of like formulates into this big bloody mess at the end, I feel as though the TV show did this storyline better. Actually, oh my god, I'm glad you said this because they did it a thousand times better. I think the TV show version is great. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, TV show version has a, a better through line. I think it's because of the serialized format. They were able to build up the story the story more. Because yeah. here in Hannibal, Verger is just kind of existing. They and it's don't like explain if the mythology of the Hannibal world at all at whatsoever in yeah. the movie Hannibal. There's You don't know shit about the guy. Yeah, and, and even more than that, uh, I, I just think that, you know, 
really kind of cut a lot of corners and kind of covered it up with blood and guts in this movie. There was really no uh, no subtlety or, or, or care taken to even their relationship. I think the coolest thing here is the title sequence. The title sequence is the coolest thing in this movie to me. I do remember it being pretty sick. Uh, and the, the thing, the weird thing about this is that they did this a lot. They got the closest maybe with Dexter, maybe, I don't know. None of them are that particularly good, but where when the main character is a, a you know, a bad guy, you don't, it, it, they kind of did it in Joker that he was just a bad guy. But even in this, they basically just make him a vigilante. Like, oh, yeah. how do we root for Hannibal? We get the only guy worse than Hannibal. And guess what? He fucking hates Hannibal. Like, it, yeah. it's insane. Uh, and then they just make Hannibal. We're at time. We're at time. We're at time. <laughs> what is your rating for Hannibal 2001? Uh, C minus. C minus. I think I'm going to give this two pieces of Ray Liotta brain out of five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair. And, and that's where I'll leave it. That's where I'll leave it. Uh, on to a, a more interesting movie, and I was waiting for us to talk about this. I don't even know if five minutes will fit. I might actually let us go over time here. This uh, is a wild 2000- movie. 2002s. Can you believe that this movie came out? This is a year after a Hannibal. Year yeah. after Hannibal, yes. They turned this shit around like it was Matrix Reloaded. Exactly. <laughs> Reloaded revolutions, bro. <laughs> They had no, and the thing is, well, I, I, I could imagine that the way that this was done, because remember Red Dragon was written a couple years before it came out. Or not, no, I mean, Red Dragon was written a long time ago. Hannibal yeah, was yeah. It's like Hannibal is canonically the final act of the, the series, and it came out then. So they went backwards, and I guess you, you kind of had to do it, and you, you, had, you, you were able to de-age uh, Hannibal, or I'm sorry, Anthony Hopkins, and really... Uh, you know, kind of bring back that magic. And they're trying to bring back this magic. And we're going to talk about Red Dragon from 2002. Pat, you're going to start now. This is not one of my favorite Edward Norton performances. He's awful in this movie. Uh, (laughs) Weren't we, wasn't it the last episode when you were, when you kind of were surprised to hear me say that I didn't like Ed Norton? And yeah, because we were talking about the Hulk movies. And, yeah, and, this, then, and then I turn around and watch this. Yeah, this is one of the classic uh, cases where, yeah, I, th- I think he's not very good. Uh, I think he's another one of those actors who his believability as the dad is, uh, shall we say, low. And <laughs> I, I, I just... His son can whoop his ass. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I, I think the movie... Uh, because of other actors in it is actually pretty cool. Uh, I mean, uh, Ralph Fiennes is great. Philip Seymour, come on. Philip Seymour Hoffman is, is famously fucking on fire in a wheelchair. That's awesome. <laughs> um, now do you see? The reason, feel, the reason I feel icky about this one, of course, is the person attached to it. Brett Ratner, yeah. who directed this movie. Yeah. And, about halfway through, I was like, okay, this movie really kind of isn't that bad to me. 
Uh, I really quite enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, Cam, how'd you feel about Red Dragon? Uh, this was actually the first Hannibal movie that I saw out okay. of all of them. I think I was really young when this one, probably like 12, 11. Jesus Christ. Watch this, this with my grandmother. This movie's violent. It's very violent. Watch yeah. it in your house. I, if I'd summer. seen it at that age, I wouldn't even have understood it because I thought the shotgun thing, I was like, what? No, I didn't. I had no idea what I was watching at the time. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it like as I got older. Um, <clears throat> this movie actually kind of like creeps me out more than silence of the lambs i'm gonna be honest with you uh the tooth fairy character yeah. like ralph great fines yeah. yeah like completely creep me out especially <laughs> the scene when he like takes his shirt off and he's fucking when like butt cheeks out. yeah like that, <laughs> that, that like this movie completely weirded me out but i thought it was, i enjoyed it like i think the beginning of the film like when uh you have really the, good yeah the beginning of the film is really good good uh, like Semi showdown between fucking Edward Norton and um, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. So I like this film. Um, I think my only issue is that you're not really given. I I feel like again I have to go back to the Hannibal TV show, which is so well done. And I think if you haven't watched the Hannibal TV series, please go watch it. It's on Amazon, I believe now. For it's you know, spectacular. You have Amazon Prime. It's excellent. And it kind of goes into the the psychology of Will Graham, who was Edward Norton's character. Here, you don't get much about it. Of course, this is kind of like the McDonald's happy meal fast food version of that story in Red Dragon. But you are really kind of thrown and thrust into his story. And I think that he's one of the more fascinating uh, foils to Hannibal. And in some ways, uh, really, if not more, but just as interesting as their relationship to Clarice, because he Hannibal is of two minds of these two people. He adores both of them, and they both are trying, basically dedicated to, to taking him down. But in Red Dragon, they try and relive that Silence of the Lambs type relationship, and that's where I feel like the movie doesn't quite work the same yeah. way. How do you because feel it, about it that? It feels like a remake. Like if like yeah. it, they're like, oh, we just somebody just has to go. I like it. Yeah, I I like I like it in ways, but when it's like, oh, somebody's just going to go talk to Hannibal and then try to solve the crime kind of thing. Uh, it, Norton is not as captivating as uh, Foster is, obviously. Uh, and yeah, I think the, like Cam was saying, how it's creepier, the actual like murder stuff in this one is definitely creepier uh, because in the, in Silence of the Lambs, especially, they were like just going for like a creepy scare. It wasn't ever like gross. But like with the like mirror eyes shit, like I hate that. I think it's so creepy. I don't uh, like ice stuff. Yeah, I don't. I, I know who does. It's got to be one of the worst. Uh, but the, I, I think the, the general mystery part of how Dollar Hyde, uh, who was Ralph Fiennes' character, kind of maneuvers throughout the world, and then he falls in love. And I think that that is, to me, partly the the major reason why this movie works because I think at North doesn't really carry it at all. Yeah, and I would say against all odds, that's the story you just mentioned works. Like it's it, on paper. Why does that work in this Brett Ratner directed movie? And it's really sweet. I think there's a yeah. lot given to it. I, I think the the in the character of uh, the Tooth Fairy, he's he's kind of possessed by uh, the Red Dragon of uh, William Blake, I believe his his uh, his old yeah. uh, story about it, and he's trying to keep the dragon away. We're going to go over time on this one because I think this is the one that we can dig into a little bit more. They actually uh, put I, stuff I, from the like. There's an actual story in there. Yeah, and that's why I liked it a lot. Even even with the time the time jump, not a jump, but it was kind of like a, a flashback to this. 
I think that it was handled really well. I didn't really stick around and see if all the cars were uh, <laughs> decade perfect. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I thought Deacon of Jody Foster. Showing wow. around ESPN right now. Jody Foster and, and Jeff Van Gundy. Shout <laughs> yeah. out to shout out to in, in, in NBA on ESPN. Um that's crazy. I, I think that I think that again, uh not a lot of Anthony Hopkins in this movie. Once again. No, but when he is doing it, like it's it's why Hannibal isn't a good movie, because in Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon, he's in it significantly less, and he's also totally killing it. Yeah, and, and here he's not uh he's not in it very much. And I think the more you get of Hannibal, the less effective he is a character. It's like, what if you saw Jason every single frame, like in Jason X? Like, what if you saw Jason every single frame of a movie? Yeah, it's not, it's not cool. Um, I really like this movie. What 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 grade would you give Hannibal? Or I'm sorry, Red Dragon Camp. Uh, it's not an A, like Silence of the Lamb. <laughs> I think this is the, but I, I enjoyed it enough to where I would probably feel comfortable giving it a low B. Okay, probably like high C, low B area, yeah. like. I would watch it again. Yeah. It's enjoyable. So I think that's probably where I would where I what I would grade it as. What about you, Pat? I would I would echo that. I would say probably I don't know. If I were to letterbox it, a three would seem maybe too low, but three point five would seem too high. So I don't know. I give this like a B minus. B minus, B low B. I'm going to give this one. Hmm. I really well see the, the icky part is like what do I look like giving a Brett Ratner movie like a passable grade right now? Do, am I bad for that? I don't know. I mean, the Ratner level of grossness applies to a lot more people than like Weinstein level grossness does. So that's true. I think moving forward, it, we just have to shun him. Yeah, I, I'll give it three VHS tapes that Dollar Hyde has stolen to find out where your family is uh, out of five. Yeah, actually, and I change, I convert mine to a C because I agree with the three out of five. So, same thing. All right, last movie up. This one's going to be a doozy. I'm pretty sure we're going to go over time on this one as well. <laughs> it has been a while since this movie came out, uh, more than a decade ago. This is the final movie in our rewatch, our binge watch. Definitely it's- has to be considered a flop. <laughs> oh wait! I it, why should this movie made a lot of money? It, it made eighty two, oh, eighty two million. Well, it didn't make fifty budget million back. budget. Yeah, it didn't make as much back. But I, I, we're going to talk about the budget in a second. Of course, we're talking about two thousand and seven's Hannibal Rising. How do you feel about this movie, Cam? Going now, I feel nothing. <laughs> I, I, I feel nothing. Like, like I know you said that Hannibal is the worst one. Like, I I need to watch it because I refuse to believe that there's anything that's worse than this film, bro. Like, I I really think Hannibal's bet worse than this, dude. I'm, oh I'm serious. I'm I, gonna Hannibal, watch Hannibal. Han- this movie has doesn't have Ray Liotta. Hannibal has at least has Ray Liotta. <laughs> oh god. Well, okay. This movie is a a circus of a bunch of like really nobodies other than like Dominique West and Gong Lee, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's very much uh, it, like who who the fuck is the guy that's playing Hannibal? Like I've never heard of this guy before or it's, since. Uh, Gaspard Uliel. Uh, he was in. Uh, like, like you know, he was in. Uh, <laughs> he was in a lot of stuff at one point. He was very popular at the time, wasn't he, Pat? Uh, I think he's done a lot of like TV acting. Yeah, I think it's TV stuff that he, that he's in our theater or something like that. But I thought that he was actually my favorite part of the movie. I thought I thought he looked cool. It's just that he shouldn't have been Hannibal. He should have been someone else. Yeah, yeah. he's good. Like, they, that, it, that was a problem. In the- 
you can't not i mean it's probably good that he didn't try to do the hopkins voice at all because who could but it also like you're you are watching it like well it's not anthony hopkins so why the fuck am i watching this yeah and i i believe that um the thing that like kind of gets me is like the asian influence in this is very jarring to me like it's it's an important it's one of the things I mentioned, or it's one of the things I meant to mention earlier when I said it was very of the era. Like, it's so, <laughs> like, America had, I mean, it still does have such an Asian fetish, but it, like, the the mid-2000s Asian fetish is, like, so, high. like, you think about, like, I mean, we probably couldn't even properly list all the movies, but, like, Electra, Sin City, uh, I mean, even last, Kill last Bill. Samurai. Yeah, last, last Samurai and Kill Bill are a little better because they're like a little more artistically earned instead of just being like, oh, what's the best? Uh, Asian shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but again, like if anyone doesn't know, Hannibal Rising is literally the prequel to every movie we've talked about so far. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is Thomas Harris's 2006 novel uh, where basically he had to tell the story of Lecter uh, and his evolution into who we know him as. And again, and you'll notice this is they another... basically strong armed him into writing the fucking thing because 2006 exactly. movies out in 2007. But this was also another trope, Pat, of movies, especially horror movies, being remade and explaining why we need to feel bad or feel sorry for these psychotic killers that we that we see on screen. Well, it's what I was just saying earlier, where like he's just a vigilante. He's killing like Nazi war criminals, like so fucking what? Yeah. Like that it's, and it's like <laughs> this, you just feel goofy. Like, Oh, some, some war criminals cannibalized his sister. And like that made him a cannibal. Like it, the whole thing is just like, what the fuck is happening here? And and he's like globetrotting and he eventually like falls in love with lady Murasaki, who is Gong Li's character. Uh, she is his, his aunt? What? His aunt, like his aunt or something. She's like a she's 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 a widowed aunt. Yeah, I think it's safe to say she married into the family. (laughs) Right, but this this is all the crux of uh, his sister and and him were stuck with Nazis in their home in a snowstorm, (laughs) and eventually the Nazis eat her, and it's very unclear as to whether he ate her too at the end of the movie but that was yeah, supposed the, to be the big twist right yeah the big reveal is like you always knew you ate some of your sister and some broth and he like has a fucking meltdown <laughs> like this sounds outlandish when you say it out loud like, exactly you- like it was literally like they were like hey origin story time buster let's get going <laughs> and like they're fucking you guys- twisting his arm while he writes with the other one how do you guys feel about origin stories for uh, horror icons such as like Michael Myers, who had Halloween, the Rob Zombie version, which came out around this time as well. And, you know, they, you know, well, Jason did have a remake, but he didn't talk about, you know, any of his feelings, but like things of that nature. Like, yeah, I think we talked about the origin story for Halloween, the Rob Zombie. Yeah. One, like, don't really feel like those necessary at all. Yeah. Like, well, it's even like I, I feel the same way about this one. It's the same thing we kind of said about Joker, where even if, like, we all kind of liked the movie, but ultimately, like, it, we didn't it's an origin that. story. Like, it's just another, the villain was kind of a good guy a little bit, and even if he wasn't, 
his life was really shitty and the people he fought off were shittier. Like, oh, it's the same type of story no matter what the outcome is. Yeah, and and again, it's it's you know, it raises the to the question of like, what is the purpose and who was the audience for this movie where Anthony Hopkins wasn't even with it in, in trying to do this either? And they just had to get the movie out just to keep the license. And this is clear, this is like a cash grab. Like it's it's completely detached from everything that, that's going on. The you know, the last frame you see in the movie is him going to America, and then that's how he ends up. And it, it's like there's there's no there's no connective tissue to the rest of the movies. It just feels as though it was thrown out. And honestly, it it looks great. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, the actual cinematography is very, like, uh, it's very pronounced, but it's it's also, like, pronounced in a, in a Saw movie kind of way. It looks like a, it looks like it was lit by, like, the people yeah. who made the Saw movie. It, uh, 1,000% agree. It's, it is so, um, you can tell that they wanted to make it like saw in certain aspects with like the way he kind of torture kills a lot of the guys but yes. ultimately the violence is pretty toothless compared to like the i mean the shit that was happening in saw by 2007 was absolutely insane like rooms yeah. were crushing people like it was fucking star wars like jigsaw <laughs> must have been a billionaire and and this guy had like a katana and he like fought like oh, a sumo no, wrestler I, with it I want to talk about the Katana Samurai Hannibal scene where he cuts a guy open and then completely Demon Slayer ninjas him. How did you guys feel about Hannibal the Ninja? Uh, I mean, other than like completely <laughs> ignoring this Asian fetish thing, which I mean, it, it is what it is, I guess, for 2007. Uh, it's, it's such a stupid thing that like, oh, Hannibal is so smart and so, but he also has this demon inside of him, but he's so cunning <laughs> that he learned this ancient art of the sword so exquisitely overnight. Like, get out, like, you know, jerk off yeah, like, like, he's not a superhero. <laughs> I thought that it was tonally not of this movie in this franchise. No. Like, it didn't fit at all, right? Like, the, he, why would, like, I, if he's like learning how to be a crazy killer, that's one thing. But the, like, huge public display of it uh was not uh i don't know <laughs> it didn't make sense yeah, when the other like, times he's like killing people with a syringe like yeah like i watched this film and i don't feel like i'm getting the the backstory and understanding how the man we see in Silence of the Lambs, this is that same person. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's two completely different people. Yeah. Like, this is not the origin story of that guy. Like, yes, it, even that, exactly, Cap. That is exactly right. It seems like this is the origin story of like a completely separate, like, anime character. Exactly. That we've yeah. never seen before. The, the like, fucking, it would make more sense, honestly, if the movie were just about a medical student who, like, kind of went crazy. It, for, yeah. forget all the nazi stuff forget all of the like public executions and the fucking of the ant like just make him a, a medical student who like realizes like oh i'm kind of in this for the wrong reasons huh and then like you could have like kind of made a i don't know ju just that sounds like a better movie uh your rating of this of Hannibal rising pat uh, uh, very low. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I, I gotta go with, geez, I gotta go with a D. Wow, a D. D, uh, D minus. 
Yeah, this is this is an F for me, bro. I have absolutely no desire. There's no redeeming <laughs> qualities in this movie. Like, what are you coming back to to watch about this? That you'd like, yeah, this is actually good. The, like, the he's right. Part, the corniest part of this is when he puts on the uh, samurai face mask, and it's supposed to mirror the face mask that he will soon wear. Yes. To make yeah. us feel as though Hannibal's not a bad guy. He's a ronin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> I hit the roof at that part. Like I, I knowing that like he was in, like I thought so much of this movie stupidly, I guess I thought that it would involve like him being in medical school. And like, like Cam, how you said, like it wasn't the, the origin story in this movie is not the origin story of like this cultured doctor who we see in the later movies. Like it, it it just doesn't. I don't. It. it, it it's. It's. Sorry, I'm. I'm losing track here. Obviously, because it's so. It, it just is totally unfocused. It makes no sense. I'm gonna give this movie fifteen decapitated heads on a tree. <laughs> fifteen decapitated heads on a tree out of fifty. Ooh, that's that's an F. That's bad. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. bad. But I mean, the the decapitated head thing was pretty cool. Not gonna lie, I, I liked it. And and if you like that type of thing, you'll really like the TV show. The TV show is. A, have you seen the TV show? No, Cam? I've never the, seen the TV show. Check it out on Quanflix, the Hannibal TV show. Gotcha. I, I promise you, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Uh, who who plays Hannibal in it? Um, uh, Mads, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, Mikkelsen, the God. Mads okay. so good. It's. The most the, the most awesome part about the show is that they got somebody who like I, I think Mads has his detractors, but yes, exactly. He's told he he's awesome as Hannibal, and he's not doing Anthony Hopkins at all. I really enjoy that, and uh, I guess that that's our that's our run through of uh, the, the Hannibal franchise for Valentine's Day. Hannibal has your heart in his hands and in his mouth. Uh, really, <laughs> you know what's surprising to me about this? Not too many bad movies. No, why? Just two. two out of, what, yeah, was it five yeah, movies? Uh, yeah, I watched I, three. So only one. <laughs> I haven't seen Manhunter yet, but of the of the four, two I like. I'm future when it comes to Hannibal Rising. <laughs> it never happened. It never happened. <laughs> Not bad for our first our first uh, binge episode of 2020 and of the decade. Pat, do we have an idea of what we're doing next episode? I don't know yet. I don't want to reveal. I guess, should we just make them wait until next week's uh, next week's episode? Yeah, let's let's do that because I think we're between a few right now. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have next week me and announcement Pat will be back coming soon. Week. Yes, for the late fees rewind episode, we'll be we'll be fact checking some things we had on this episode doing a little bit of a back and forth from Q and a and a preview of next of next time show. Uh, I think next time we talk to you all, it will be on the 28th of February when we will be talking about yet another movie. Keep it locked to RNC radio live Twitter. And of course, all of our feeds to find out what that movie is. Uh, before we leave any, any other things you guys want to talk about? No. Uh, shout out to the lookout. For, uh, Shout out to the lookout. All they have going on right now. They are coming back uh, 
and you might have some special guests on these on these episodes as well. Uh, so, so take a look at the Lookout RNC Twitter account as well. Follow that for all of your latest. The logo, latest. the logo for the Lookout Demon Slayer season might be my favorite ever RNC logo. Hats off to Mills and Jeff for that. They are working so hard uh, to bring you the best, just like we're working hard to give you the best for late fees. And uh, once yeah, again, we, 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 we work harder. Yeah, we work way harder. Um, you, know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't tweet Eric, but go bother Eric on Instagram or wherever you can see him on the streets. And please tell him to make his way back to the video store. He's, he's very much missed here. Uh, he should be back next episode. We'll let you know next week on our uh, Late Fees Rewind episode where we talk to you about what's going on next. And uh, until then, the video store is closed. Thank you so much for listening to Late Fees. For Pat and Cam, I'm Justin. Closing the doors. See you in two weeks. Peace.